Hi, my name is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 149, made for my virtual coaching group. Today is June 20th of 2023, and um, I always like to start my podcast with a little story of kind of what's been going on in the last week or whatever happens to be going on in life in general, and then I'll get right into the Q&A and the topics and all of that. Um, but this last week we had, uh, NBHA state finals here in Florida and leading up to that week, I could feel the tension in some of the members that were going, um, and all of that. And, and today's topic is going to be about, uh, great horses versus good horses, the right horse for you and following God's path for you, because I find that. I've been watching the state finals or attending the state finals for 19 years. I've lived in Florida since it started at the Silver Spurs Arena in Kissimmee, Florida. And um, so for 19 years, I've seen many of the same riders. It's that one time a year where everybody um, from all over the state end up in one place. And a lot of people use it as a vacation time to meet up with old friends and and just enjoy themselves and their horses and I think that's awesome because on all honesty they'll have anywhere from 600 to 900 people in the open and then usually a two or 300 in the youth and one or 200 in the seniors and um and usually they'll only be you know 20 horses in the 1d in the open and the rest are uh, a little bit in the 2d or the bulk in the 3d and the 4d um and that's generally how it goes. So it's not something that if you're in the 3D or 4D where the bulk of people are, you can say, I have a pretty good shot at winning because it's kind of like gambling. You would have to hit the numbers just right to win a check. So you just go there, you do your best, you enjoy your horses, you enjoy your family and friends. And basically it's your horsey vacation for many people. Now, some of them, maybe the solid 1D team, solid 2D teams, they're there to put some more money in their bank account to build their business, to build their mares and sires uh, earnings and uh, equistat and all of that. And that's very possible too. And excuse the background noise, I have a 10-week-old Jack Russell puppy and he just woke up with lots of energy. <laughs> so anyhow, um, and it's lightning and thundering outside. So it's a really good time. I just threw hay to the horses and ran back in praying for safety along the way. And I uh, thought it was a good time to do the podcast when we don't normally wake up to thunderstorms. It's usually during the middle of the night or in the afternoons. So anyhow, uh, that's how my morning's starting. Um, so, so I want you to remember that people forget People forget quickly who's on the leaderboard. If you ask someone who won such and such rodeo or who won such and such fraturity or derby or or uh, super show, and it was six months ago, they really have to think hard on it. But if it was last weekend, it's in everybody's mind. Oh, so-and-so there was amazing. What an awesome team. And, you know, in a week or two, you do remember. But a few months down the road, everybody forgets who's on the leaderboard. So a lot of times people have, uh, you know, feel envious of that and, you know, want to be on that leaderboard, want to be setting record times like that. But that's why I want to talk about this topic, because some of the people in the group 
are finding competition to be too stressful and they actually just want to enjoy their horses and that's okay too and that's what I want people to understand there is a season for everything and you got to do what brings you happy my motto ride with heart it does mean to put the horse first and the competition second but it also means to give 100% inside and outside of the arena. But you can't give 100% if your heart is not in it. So if you don't really enjoy competition, but you rather enjoy training or learning horsemanship or developing, uh, you know, more communication with your horse through through cues and such, or maybe going to do different things, trail rides and cow work and obstacles and, um, you know, just you know, just a, a bulk of different events. That's perfectly okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. I review videos for barrels and poles, but I also critique videos for horsemanship. If you're just riding at home and you want some pointers how to ride your horse on a loose rein in a perfect circle or how to back them in a circle or how to roll back or side pass and I like to share a lot of those kind of videos in my group on trying to teach your horse to do better things on the ground and in the saddle. And honestly, you should go back to basics during the week a lot. And the better your foundation is, the more easy it is for your horse to go on and do any performance event. And I have seen horses not even love barrels. So that's going to be our topic today. But I just wanted to say, um, just realize that everybody has a season um, you know, there's a different place and a different time for everything. You know, some people you're in a training season or a learning season. Some people you're in a winning season or a confidence building season. It's, it can be different for everybody and there's no right or wrong. But I do think putting God first will always be where you'll be your happiest. And I'm human. I've made many mistakes in my life, you know, especially my teens or uh, you know, early 20s or even ha halfway into my marriage, you know, sometimes we get selfish with ourselves, you know, and we are needs ahead of, you know, other things and what makes us happy. And, and there's times where we could have done things better. You can always look back with 2020 vision and say, yeah, I should have handled that differently. The funny thing is if you put God first all the time, everything else seems to fall in line and keep you more peaceful and happy. And I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do either because life does get to us. But if our foundation is strong, just like we talk about foundation and horses, but our foundation and faith and um, having peace with God with that and praying for direction of what we want and realizing, like, I'm not a big karma person. I don't believe in that. I think maybe people reap what they sow, but but I also know some pretty amazing people that I know to be wonderful, God-fearing, good people that have had some horrific things happen in their lives. Um, you know, my brother losing his daughter to cancer at 16 is one. And um, I, I just think that we all have our own paths on this earth that we live. And, and some are more painful than others. Some are more uh, joyful than others. And... And it's not a place you want to be comparing. Um, I find for me, if I stay away from, I don't even know for the most part what other people are doing. I'm happier that way. I don't know what other trainers do. I don't know what other uh, coaches do. I don't really know what other uh, barrel racers are doing. I rarely look at my news feed unless I'm drinking my coffee in the morning waiting for a video to download. Um, 
something like that. I just kind of pay attention to my own lane and do my own thing. And I find peace in that. So my, my story is that everybody needs to find their own peace. And for me, my peace is different than yours. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I love my ranch, my horses, my dog, and I'm very happy just running TLC, being the best coach I can be and helping horses and riders have a better relationship. To me, if I can help someone win the 1D, that's great. But if I can help a horse and a rider have a happier relationship where the horse is happy, the rider's happy, that to me brings me the ultimate joy. And because here's the thing about saddles and buckles, they come and go. It's like the movie Lane Frost in eight seconds. And the dad's like, I know I told him I was proud of him, but did I ever tell him I, I loved him? And it's just like, um, he could always tell, find something on a video for it. He could do better, you know, and it's the same with the mother. She's like, what did the trophies and saddles do, but collect dust? The most important things you have to name what that is, that what's the most important thing to you. For some of you, it's spending time with your family, um, with your friends. You know, everybody's going to have different goals and and dreams. And a lot of people, it's a balance of, of a combination of all of that. And we all have our, our past, you know, at a certain age too. You, you know, you, you have your age when you're you're a child and you're living at home and and that's your time. And then you have when you're in your 20s, building your career and your life. And when you're in your 30s, maybe that's when you're building relationships or families. And when you're in your 40s, that's when you're kind of finding where you're settled at. And, you know, then when you get in your 50s, you're looking more towards retirement in the future and you're making sure you're planning accordingly for that so that you can enjoy a simpler, peaceful life because you have less energy and more aches and pains than you have when you're in your 20s and 30s. So everybody, every decade has different things, but every decade brings a whole lot more experience. And I guess that's what I'm trying to share with you today. Let me, let my 56 years on this planet save you heartache. And if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, or even in high school, just keep God close and keep God first and your life will be much more focused and peaceful. If there's anything you don't understand or dealing with, just pray on it for guidance and just give thanks. You'd be surprised. I'm just waking up every day and giving thanks is the way that you can just stay close and also a positive attitude. So often um, people can become negative. You know, you, you might've made a run and 90% of your runs sucked, sucked big time, but 10% of it was amazing. Focus on that 10% and build off of that. You know, you might have hit second and third, but first was awesome and come out and acknowledge first was awesome. And just, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is in life that you're dealing with, acknowledge the good parts first and focus on the good parts and then let the other parts be what you're going to develop. But whatever your passion and your driving towards, um, that's what's keeping you going. Um, you know, we can't always be motivated. Sometimes it's hot or stormy or this or that. But if we have a schedule, a weekly schedule, a routine, we stay disciplined on what matters to us. We write down, you know, what our focus is. That's why in the beginning of the year, those of you who've been with me since January, we went through my performance tracker and we wrote down our goals and what mattered to us. And you want to stay focused on that. And that's very, very important to do. The more you're focused on your um, your purpose, your passion, 
the more you're going to stay content um, with the process and enjoy the journey more. So let me go ahead and get into the questions now. Let me make sure I covered everything here I was supposed to. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I did want to mention housekeeping. When you send me your videos, um, it's $20 a month or $200 a year for new members. And it's two videos per week. And you can send barrels, poles, or training, eight max a month. So if you're the type of person that goes to two super shows um, instead of a barrel of jackpot every weekend, you can send them like that, you know, when you're going to your three-day shows versus your every weekend show. And you don't have to send two a week, only if you need, if you don't, if you know what you did wrong, you don't have to send it. But if you would like my opinion, absolutely send it. There's so many other values to the group besides just the video critiques. I would say video critiques are number one because there's nothing better than having a second set of eyes on your pattern and broke down, um, you know, stride by stride um, where you can make improvements or what you did really well. But there's also the members only website and the Facebook group where you can search things and make sure that you do that because in there there's every anything topic you want it's there and it's all organized for you. So um, you can type the search box in the group or you can look it up by topic in the website. So um, there's that. There's also watching the video reviews in the group so you can learn from other writers. Um, what else? There's the uh, weekly podcast where I'm actually uh, the heartbeat of the group, the questions that come in, the things that are going on. I answer those every week. So that's informative. So I hope you do take and listen to these. Um, the challenges are important too, because mindset is a big part of it. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the four parts of, um, of anything you do in life. There's four parts to it. And it's important that you acknowledge all four parts. So that's going to, I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. So, but I also want to thank those of you that have been referring people to the group or for lessons or clinics. I really appreciate uh, references because my business, I don't pay for advertising. Everything's boot to boot marketing, um, Florida equine athlete. I write articles for them. So they say I'm an advertiser, but I actually just write articles for them. And in return, they advertise for me. So it's kind of a trade, I guess you could say. We trade time. So um, so I do uh, training articles and they give me shout outs on Facebook and Instagram and all those places. But, um, but yeah, I really appreciate the shout outs. It's how I grow my business boot to boot. And um, it's also how I can save you money by keeping... Um, my website and everything uh, with less overhead. You know, I don't pay for those really fancy websites. I don't pay for Facebook ads for algorithms and all that stuff. I never say that word right. So anyways, I just want to say thank you. Um, so questions, let's see. <sighs> let's see, what if, I kind of address this, but what if I don't enjoy competition? And that my answer to that is that's completely okay. In my group, we discuss a lot about horsemanship and you want to master your relationship with your horse, that's awesome. You can do that through groundwork with your basics. As I mentioned, maybe work cattle or do obstacles or trail ride. Go to more clinics, go to more lessons, and just enjoy learning and time with your horse, camping, things like that. Um, and it's okay to do a little bit of everything. You don't have to be like, well, I only do this. You can just go with whatever direction you feel like. 
So um, the main goal for me, I don't, my goal for whoever is part of my um, group is that you and your horse have your personal best relationship. And I don't care if that's in uh, horsemanship and competition, whatever it is, that's my goal. And that's my hope is to help you guys have a better relationship and just to keep growing in that aspect. So the next question is, my horse does not like rain pressure on their nose um, or, or any rain pressure on the bit when they don't like nose pressure. Okay, so I did recommend on these people to try a German Martingale after watching their videos. And you can do that with an O-ring or a professional choice maturity bit. But what will happen is this horse doesn't want to finish his turns and their nose gets rooted out. Uh, the pressure will come now from the chest versus the side. But the other thing with this horse was um, is to make sure they're not in pain. Sometimes they might need chiropractic work. Sometimes they might need um, a veterinarian exam. And I'm not talking about your farm vet. I'm talking about a sports medicine vet and, and also a really reputable chiropractor, bodywork person, because you can ask five vets or bodywork people and get five different opinions. And then you're, as the owner, the caregiver, you have to decipher what you think in your gut sounds right or feels right. And then what kind of, once you get your diagnostics, then you have to decide your treatment plan. Will I go to something more holistic? Will I start with Adequan or uh, Legends before I, or, or even oral joint supplements before I go into joint injections? I mean, there's many ways that you can um, treat a horse. Uh, there's herbs and um, there's, you know, uh, massage and acupuncture and beamers and thoroughplates and magnawaves. And there's so many options that you can go holistic before you go traditional. So again, as a caretaker, it's your job to rule these things out and see how your horse feels. Um, the, the feedback that I got this week, uh, which has been pretty awesome, and I'm really happy. We have about 17 personal bests for June, June already. And there was one client in Tennessee, excuse me, in Kansas that went from 3D to 1D just by using weight in their outside stirrup and not crossing their rein over the withers, um, over the neck, going to the barrel. Literally a, a second faster just by having weight focused on the outside stirrup straighter longer in the hole and not crossing the withers. So that's awesome feedback. Um, another one, uh, uh, turned a barrel much nicer and had a clean run by pulling off their uh, bonnet and using the German martingale and also getting the neck uh, neck treatment done with their horse had neck pain. Another one took off their tie down. They run just in a beetle hack and worked on riding one hand around the barrels and they're winning consistently in the one D as well, just freeing the horse up. Um, so that's important. Uh, the, the next question was, um, that same horse. So she says the horse feels a little bit strong and that's why she, um, had put the tie down on. I said, well, where does the horse feel strong? And she said, stopping at the end and also moving over from first to second. Well, tie down is not going to fix either of those problems. You need to go back to basics and, um, work on loose rein woe. And you can teach that in a straight lines and circles at a walk trot lope. If you sit and take your legs off and say, whoa, and rain hand is down on the main and they don't stop, then you just back them up, you know, and a great way to teach woe for horses is to lope a circle, 
stop in the same place every time, roll back, go the other way until they want to woe. You can also work going in and out the alleyway or fence to fence on woe. Um, you know, going from one side of the arena to the next, like down by third barrel, back to the alleyway and work on woe, loose rein woe. Um, the other thing is figure eight or doing the barrel pattern and immediately asking the horse to move over, leaving first barrel or your right turn. If your first barrel is a right turn, if you're doing figure eight. So you would immediately put your weight in your right stirrup and point with your right hand to move over and, and then use your left leg. And then you would go back to two hands and do it just like that. So the horse knows they're going to feel you immediately put weight to the right stirrup. So they know to yield to the right. Your left leg says move over. So leg laterals would be great for that horse. Okay. So those are the questions I have for today. Uh, so remember just anytime you're having a problem, don't think bigger bits necessarily or a change of equipment unless, you know, it's saddle fit or a horse that's just really outside of the box. You know, like this horse that, you know, with a German gal, that's a little bit unique. Um, but don't always think, um, always think, go back to basics. Where is there a hole in my rider's cues or my horse's foundation that I can improve on during the week? You know, rider's cues, it's often body position and hand position. Um, sometimes it's where you're looking. Sometimes it's not using enough leg. And sometimes it can be just using your voice. Like I've seen riders at state this week that were like smooching and saying whoa or here and those horses were killing it so sometimes talking to your horse it makes the horse respond to you quicker and it makes you be more assertive you know hey here whatever smooch whoa here smooch and keeps the horse really focused on you so those are all things to think about as well. And then on your horse, like not stopping on a loose rein, that's a problem. Are they broken the face vertically and laterally? Um, what about a, a horse that, you know, doesn't move off leg good enough? Can you yield the shoulder, the hip, side pass, rollbacks? Um, you know, all of those things. Uh, can you do invisible pole bending where you get nose and shoulder? These are all things that if you don't have it at a walk and a trot, it's going to fall apart at a run. So certainly focus on that. So the topic is about great horses versus good horses or just flat bad combinations. Um, I would like to point out a couple things. Number one, some fits are just made in heaven and then others just don't work out as well. Um, but, but if that horse goes on with another rider, it does amazing. So a lot of times a great horse is going to be great with anybody. You know, they're just amazing horses. But with the right person, they could be great all the time. Maybe they were great okay with an okay rider. Like I've seen riders who lacked in skill and just got lucky with a great horse that were able to do well. But over time, they became more average because the horse just got tired of the riders being in their face and things like that. So I've seen great horses become just okay horses due to lack of a good rider. I've also seen riders that could bring out the best and make a good horse a great horse just because they went that extra step to take care of the horse mentally, physically, and emotionally. And, and then there's just these combinations. It's like people, you know, there's some trainers that are better trainers than they are competitors. There's some combinations. I've seen 
wives that do the training and the husbands compete and they're the husband's 1D and the wife's 3D. But the wife does the training and the husband does the competition and they can get a whole second off of that horse. Or the same thing with, um, you know, the opposite of that. It could be the, the man does the training and the wife wins on the horse. Um, it, it, you know, there's so many different aspects of, of making combinations. So I just want you to keep that in mind. I've seen over the years, like I said, at state, I've seen a lot of the same riders win, but they win on different horses because horses get old. They start having tendon or ligament issues or joint arthritis and they have to be retired. And so they have another young horse they bring along. Um, I've seen a lot of that, you know, um, over the years and, and you'll see certain horses be out there winning for a decade and then they kind of slow down. Then you see other horses that had a short career. Maybe they hauled them a lot and the horse broke down sooner. Maybe because the horse tried so dang hard, they just broke down in time as well. And, and you'll see that horse on the winning for a couple of years and then you don't ever see that horse anymore. So, so there's just, you never know what's going to happen. Um, I think you have to respect, um, horses and, and do what's right for them. Don't run their wheels off just because they're winning. But also if they're in their prime, obviously you need to go, but you need to be smart and pick and choose the right things. So, um, the second thing is some horses are just naturally great. Um, and your goal honestly should just be your personal best with your horse, um, but for some people, it's not like that. It's a 1D or bust. So some people are like, okay, if I'm not winning on this horse in six months, it's down the road because my goals are to WPRA, you know, uh, I want to, you know, go to the NFR. I want to win the circuit in my, my WPRA circuit. And, or I want to win 1D at Super Shows. And in that case, whatever your goal is, that's what you need to do that's right for you. And for many people, they just want to be their personal best with their horse and they keep the same horse for years. I was very much that way. I'm not going to be turning over horses. It's just not how I made. I get too attached and I worry about where they end up. Um, the third thing is some combinations um, just don't work. Um, maybe it's a nervous rider and a nervous horse or a uh, a, uh, a rider that really likes to push on a really free running horse. Uh, or vice versa, a really uh, push horse and a rider that just wants to sit there and doesn't want to have to ride that aggressive. So sometimes you you just aren't really good combinations. You know, a laid back rider, laid back horse, hot horse, hot rider. Sometimes you need a better combination than that. Uh, a rider lacking in confidence, a young horse with no confidence. Um, sometimes it's just bad confidence and bad combinations. Um, the fourth thing is... Um, some horses will make it where it's just not fun and they will rob you of your confidence. It's just like some arenas will steal your confidence. Maybe you're winning 1D at your MBHA district shows, but when you go to state, you're 3D. And that really bangs with your confidence, you know, but maybe it wasn't so much the competition as it is that arena. You're just not really getting the best out of your horse in that particular arena because that's an arena you only go to once a year or the ground just isn't your cup of tea or whatever. So there are ways to not tear your confidence down by, by having a horse that does that or by going to the arenas that just don't work for you. So um, you can do two choices there. You can keep on trying or you can just cut your losses and move on and say, I'm not going 
back to that arena or I'm going to find this horse it's forever home with its right person and there's nothing wrong with selling a horse as long as you're making sure that they're going to a good home the only thing bad about selling horses is maybe you sell them to a good home but what if they sell them where do they end up so a lot of people do bill of sales with a first purchase back deal because they you know want to always have the option of getting that horse back so um you know I, I i think that's an option to consider as well so the fifth thing is there is a way to shave a half a second off most every single horse and rider. And it can be as simple as just driving a little bit harder from the alleyway or a little bit harder out of each barrel um, by smooching and using your legs. Just that little bit more drive from the alley the, out of each turn can shave that half second as long as you're still backing off and letting them have a nice turn. Um, you don't want to drive so much that you then lose your turn. So that's something to consider as well. And educational speed takes time. So maybe you can only drive out of first, second, and third, but you can't really, because you see some people drive and their horse grab a gear off that third barrel, but they don't have that same drive from first to second or even second to third. So that might be where you start first. And some horses, you can never just run them hard to first. They're just not going to keep their mind in the game. And other horses, you can flat get it to first. And the horses that can flat get it to first are going to be hard to beat versus a horse that's just floating to first. You know, that's going to be, you just got lucky that day competition-wise, whatever. So so those are all things to consider as well. Um, you know, some horses have enough speed that you can float them to first. They have a big enough motor. You can float them to first and they will make up for the rest, second, third, and home. So that's all right, too. So that's what I mean. Every situation is a little bit different. Um, so the sixth thing I want to talk about is uh, is having a plan and um, and realizing that a, your season is going to be different for everybody. Um, there is a season for training, learning, winning, building your confidence, like I mentioned before. And the seventh thing is putting God first. Um, you will find peace and happiness if you keep God first, in my humble opinion. Um, if you have TLC's motto of ride with heart, always putting the horse before competition, that will give you peace. Um, you will never complain about your horse being too soft, too light, too responsive. I will hear people complain about my horse doesn't stop or move over. He's stiff as a board, blah, blah, blah. He's hyper. He's, you know, acting crazy. Those are the people that have spent too much time competition or pattern and not enough time on emotional, physical, and um, other things, foundation. So so there are four parts to winning, and that's what I want to finish up by saying. The four parts to winning, a quarter of it is your mental game. Um, if you have a solid mental game, if you're able to, your mental game to get in the zone, you have to learn to ignore the noise, the crowd, the hype, other competitors, and distractions. You also have to learn to ignore the fear of defeat, of failure, fear itself, and all insecurities. And those are the ways that you get in the zone by A, focusing on what you know your horse needs by what you prepared for your homework during the week, um, just being focused on your horse doing your job so they can do their job, learning how to breathe and and slow your heart rate and calm your nerves, relax your entire body, your hands, your shoulders, your hips, your legs, your feet, 
just through nice big exhales and able to visualize a smooth run from the alleyway to first to second to third to home. And the more you see that fast, smooth run, the better. Um, smooth is fast, but but it won't be fast if you're just sitting there. So you have to see yourself giving a clear go cue and, and having a snappy turn and having a clear driving cue out of each barrel and having another snappy turn and then another driving cue and another snappy turn and another driving cue all the way to the timer. And you really have to see your run from beginning to end. There's times where I focused on just one part of my run. Like, you know, I've got to get to spot one and spot two on first barrel. I've got to get to my arc and spot one. And I didn't think about the rest of my run. And then I had a problem in another barrel. So you have to see your entire run in your mind's eye. So that subconsciously, when you start making your run, you're on autopilot and you just are in the moment. But you've already given your brain a positive image to follow. You do not want to watch um, when people fall or people uh, yank and jerk on their horses or hit barrels. You need to stay one or two drags out focused on you. You need to be quiet and still and and just see your run and what your horse needs from you and exhale and do that. So those are ways my puppy's having a nightmare. Sorry. <laughs> He's sleeping and having a little nightmare. Um, okay. So, so those are all things to consider um, as far as getting yourself in the zone and having a strong mental game. So that's a quarter of it. The other quarter of it is your skill, rider skill. And so that's why during the week, going back to basics matters. Um, you know, how... How how do you ride with your five rider cues, your eyes, your voice, your hands, your body, your legs? Um, that's all very important. Can you do it perfect at a walk, trot, lope, run? Are you using give and take pressure? Um, you know, are there any holes in your rider cues? And the other quarter of it is uh, your horse's skill. You know, do you have control of their face left, right, and down? Um, their their shoulder, their ribcage, their hips, the neck, all of those five body parts, face, neck, shoulder, ribs, and hips. And then that connects to their uh, brain and also hoof placement. So you can put them in the right spot at all times. So, so we have those um, things. And the final part, there's four parts to this. So you had your mental game, rider skill, horse skill. The fourth part is physical. Do they feel good? Do you feel good? Um, are you are you in shape? Are they in shape? Uh, so physical and emotional. Um, is, the mental also counts for your horse too. So that's why knowing your horse, do they just need a trail ride today? Do they just need some slow work today? Do we take off the competition gear and just put an O-ring or a side pull on with split reins and do bend and flex work and loose rein stops and you know, perfect bending circles and things like that. Um, move some body parts around, side pass, roll back, uh, or just a nice relaxing trail ride and bonding time. You know, things like that are important. So physically, that last quarter, you need to be in shape. Your horse needs to be in shape. So maybe adding walking or, you know, some uh, Pilates or yoga or some uh, weightlifting, whatever works for you, making sure that you're getting that horse ridden you know, four or five days a week, um, for them to be fit enough. And, and three or four could be exercise and one can be competition, whatever works for your schedule. But, but, um, 
those are all, those are the four things I would like for you to consider as your goals. And, um, and the other thing is, um, to let go of the outcome. I'm going to go ahead and close up now, but I just wanted to say, um, those are all things that you want to want to remember letting go of the outcome and just focusing on the process, uh, working at it, having that weekly routine where you're uh, focused on the positives and saying, OK, this went great, but we need to work on that. Um, and that that to me, um, along with knowing what your purpose and passion is, what's going to keep you going at this and keep, give you uh, that drive and that discipline to keep wanting to go. So, um, so again, I just want to thank everybody, um, for being a part of the group. I absolutely love this group. I love seeing your videos and your progress. And, uh, recently I've seen people post on Facebook, you know, winning a saddle, uh, at a championship and, you know, or winning this or winning that. And, you know, my name's never mentioned and, and all that. Uh, it kind of bums me out a little bit just because I did get to help them with their videos every, you know, every week for for a year or six months. And, you know, and it does kind of bum me out when I don't get a mention, but I also got to say, you know what, at least they were a part of my group. At least they came to me. A lot of people like things private and that's perfectly okay too. And they don't want to acknowledge, you know, in public who's helping them or whatever. And that's perfectly okay. Um, is it good for my business? Absolutely. If someone acknowledges that they were helped, but I don't do it for that reason. Obviously it's how I pay my bills. So, uh, having my clinics, my lessons, and my virtual coaching group uh, fill and busy and, and new clients and stuff, it's important. Um, so I absolutely appreciate a reference on my Facebook page or my website. Uh, but it's, you know, it is a little disappointing if um, you see someone that you know you've helped a lot through the year and and they have a big win at the end of the year and um, you're not mentioned, but, but it is what it is. That's been the way it is forever. And some people use multiple trainers and multiple coaches and, and that could be a reason why they don't as well. And it is what it is, whatever people want to do. And I'm just honored that someone comes to me and wants my opinion or my advice. And, you know, ultimately, you know, they're paying me for service. I give it to them the best of my ability and that's what it is. So, so I just do want to say thank you to everybody um, that is a part. And if you listen to my podcast and you're not a part of my virtual coaching group, you should consider signing up for a month for $20. I promise the value in itself of just having your videos reviewed or all the content of uh, training videos and such will be worth it to you. And um, again, it can be done private. It doesn't have to be done public. I would say about half of my clients are private. And uh, you don't even have to be a part of the Facebook group. You can do it just through the Coach Now app or just through uh, email. So a lot of people don't even like Facebook because, you know, they just stay away from social media. So you can definitely do podcasts and the um, the uh, Coach Now app, and I can send you the uh, training links. And of course, you can just go to the website and look them up yourself for the, the training videos. So, so there's a way to do it without even being a part of the social media. And I have uh, several clients like that as well. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, ride with heart, put God first, and you will have much more peace and happiness in your life. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody to have a safe and uh, fun week ahead with your horses and your families and um, I hope everybody enjoyed their Father's Day. I know not everybody has their fathers still here, but at least remembered uh, 
them in positive ways and, and they're still with you and you'll see them again one day and um, they're just watching over you in a different way now. So thank you guys for tuning in and as always, ride with heart and God bless.